The following message is part of Cleveland First Baptist Church's Sunday morning Bible study series through the Book of Romans. Just as you are before your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who Everybody. We are so glad that y'all are with us this morning, even if it's not in person. Um, we're glad that you're able to be with us via Facebook. Um, I hope y'all are enjoying this beautiful day today. It is a gorgeous day outside today. And as Brother Rick told me this morning, it is our last cool week of the spring. He told me it's going to be 85 next Sunday and just ruin my day for me. So hopefully y'all will enjoy um, this nice weather today and this good weather this week. Um, this morning, our Sunday school lesson is going to be brought by Anthony Weston, and we are going to continue our um, study through the book of Romans. Anthony? Hi, good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Uh, be in Romans 6 1. Um, basically, this is being dead to sin. I uh, want to open us up in prayer real quick. Uh, Lord, I, I pray to let you. Uh, Working our lives today, Lord, I pray that you just uh, help us to take the scripture in and uh, apply it to our lives. I uh, pray that you just lead God and direct us in everything that we do. And then we pray. Amen. Uh, uh, basically, just a recap of uh, Paul through chapter 1, 5, or chapter 1 through 5. Uh, he, he tells us what drives him, what, uh, what, what gives him that desire to follow after God, and what we need to do to have that relationship with God. Uh, and basically, we as sinners need a, a solution, which was uh, God sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us uh, so that we may have life and may, may be able to have salvation through him. Uh, just straight out of the book here is the context. It says, uh, in Rome, Jews and Gentiles alike were tempted to think their forgiveness and eternal security gave them a license to live any way they pleased. Sin didn't really matter because sins could be confessed and cleansed. But Paul emphasized a different path. He reminded the Romans that they weren't just forgiven of their sins, they were dead to them. Uh, when they accepted Christ's sacrifice, they died to sin because all their sins had been nailed to the cross, and just as Christ rose from the dead, he gave them a new power for living. They had to stop embracing the old ways and embrace uh, their Savior instead of their sin. Uh, if you jump on over in Romans 7, it says, Paul noted that Jesus' death broke the power of sin and the burden of law keeping as the means to salvation. But while the law didn't define their standing before God, it did provide some guidance in following the Messiah. The law shines a light on things that break God's heart. We know what to avoid because the law reveals it to us. And when we stray, the law reminds us that we're going the wrong way. Paul emphasized that the law is the holy and good, is holy and good, 
when it fulfills these roles because it helps us become more like him. Uh, the, the answer for Christians, he said, was to fall at the feet of Christ and let him live through us. Uh, I think some people like the ideal of being Christians, but they don't read, they don't study, they don't uh, participate in God's, uh, God's divine plan for our lives. Uh, because knowing God's word and knowing the laws of the, uh, the Bible means we have to follow them. And that steps on our fleshly desires or uh, uh, what, what we want out of life as uh, sinful people. Uh, early, early on, Paul was accused of teaching grace and that it increased sinful behavior. So people were accusing him of teaching this grace. You get grace. So why not, uh, like over in verse, if we read verse 1 and 2 here, it says, excuse me, it says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may multiply? And then Paul says, absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Uh, early on, Paul was accused, obviously, of that. So all the people he was talking to thought they received grace so they could do what they wanted to do. So they, they thought the more sin, the more grace would abound, the more God would be glorified for that grace. But Paul says, no, absolutely not. We can't do that. Uh, Paul was prepared because of this. He had been accused early on uh, of teaching this grace that increases sin. He says, there's no way we have grace over... There's no way we have grace over our sins but also grace should instill in us a holy life that wants to follow God and do what God, what pleases God. So basically, you, you receive grace, but grace should change your life. It should change your outlook on life. It should change your attitude towards people. Uh, it gives us the power to do so also. So we're not, we're not there alone. I mean, we can ask God, and he can help us through, through those situations. Uh, here in the context, again, it says, if, if all our sins have been forgiven, then why should we worry about doing what's right? Apparently, that was a question circulating through the church in Rome. Paul had just said that God's grace and mercy are magnified through his forgiveness of sin. If more sins lead to more grace, why not sin as much as possible and magnify God's grace as much as possible? It could be that's, that's, It could be that some in Rome were trying to twist the doctrine of justification to explain their own worldly behaviors. And I believe, you, you see that a lot today, people take just pieces of scripture and certain scripture out of context to justify the way they live, the, the wrong they do in their life. And uh, we have to, as Christians, stay in the word daily to avoid the dangers of life. So we, we need to know the word, we need to obey the word, just so he can work in our life. And, and that's really the, the only way of being a Christian is staying in God's word daily. Because if me, myself, I know if I miss reading the Bible or miss church or something like that, I mean, I sort of fall away from God. And it's actually, obviously, our flesh takes over because God's not in control of our life and our thoughts at that moment. Uh, it says we die to sin through Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean we're sinless or that we won't fall short or that we should disregard everything because we think we, we stand on grace so we can just put everything else to the wayside. Uh, you, you want to be what God wants and you're interested in what God demands and he demands our lives for him which is serving him uh, 
witnessing for him and staying in his word daily. Uh, the question in verse 2 says, how can we who died to sin live in it? Uh, that's the main issue throughout the chapter 6, 7, and 8 of Romans, really. It says that it is justification through faith. It is a process the Bible calls sanctification. Uh, but we might just call it growing up spiritually. Uh, being, being sanctified and sanctification, the process of that is being set apart. It says God's grace sets us free from power of sin to make us more like him daily. Uh, in verse, we'll read three and four here out of the book. It says, or, or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism and death in order that we, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the, whole, by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Uh, the, the key to this illustration here is identifying with Jesus. It says people say, I got saved. I and mean, what, what does I got saved mean? when we identify with Jesus, believing, accepting, and applying God's word to our life. Uh, God sees us at that point uh, in a light of, of his son. So our old selves die with Jesus on the cross, and our new selves rose with him again from the grave. Uh, bab baptizing is identifying also. It's, it identifies us in Christ as a public display, saying, I'm following God. And it symbolizes the dying of our old self and being washed clean of our old sins. It says that if the preacher held us under long enough, we would definitely be dead. So thank goodness we're stronger than the preacher and we're back from the dead just like Jesus was. Uh, baptizing, outward identification, uh, ba baptizing is an outward identification with a spiritual reality. Uh, we have to put God on daily. So every day you get up, you've got to put God on. You've got to be determine and have faith that God has a plan for your life and know that uh, we have to rely on him and not ourselves because ourselves will fail us, our friends will fail us, our family will fail us. So we have to rely on God daily. It says we should be glad we're in Christ because life with just us and in our uh, ability, we're definitely going to die. If we're in ourselves, we are dead. Uh, we'll read five, six, and seven here. It says, For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin. Uh, it says we are, we are identified, that's, just, that's the word again, we're identified with God, and I feel like this, this is basically what this chapter is about, is identifying with God so you can be more like God, be more like Christ. It says with Christ in death and resurrection, we identify. Uh, identity is the main thing throughout this whole chapter. Paul teaches us how to... Paul teaches us how to live in identity with God. We are dead to ourselves and alive in Christ, or Christ through us. So letting Christ work through you is the main, main objective when you die to yourself. He died to forgive us of our sins, and he rose to have a relationship with us. Uh, in verse 6, it says, rendered powerless. 
It's like taking a battery out of a car or uh, not putting gas in it. Uh, you render it powerless. Like it can't, can't go anywhere. It can't do nothing. So we were born as sinners in Adam, which uh, obviously that started the sin in, our life, in, in human nature. But now we are in Christ. Uh, if you're not in Christ, sin prevails over you. If you're in Christ, you can overcome sin on a daily basis. Uh, a good example of that, uh, I've made countless resolutions, like New Year's resolutions, and I'm sure everybody does. Uh, it seems like the same resolution every year. I mean, I, same thing I ask for every year. But I, I, I'm asking that in my ability, whether it's money or wealth or uh, just problem-free life, and, and that's, not, that's not possible, humanly possible anyways. But through Christ, all things are possible. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. It says, flesh dominates those who aren't saved and who are out in the world. Uh, sin, sin will dominate you. If, if you're not in God, sin, sin is the king of your life. It says, we have a choice in Christ. Some people don't like to hear that. Knowing there is a choice there, that means there are no excuses. Once you come to God, I mean, God freely lets you come to him. He freely gives you choices, but he gives you a way out. He gives you the answers uh, to make your wrongs right. Uh, it's just up to you to, to take advantage of what he gives us. Uh, we greatly benefit from knowing God. But we have to come to the point of giving it all to him on a daily basis. It says daily we have to uh, choose God to be our strength and leader of our life. Verse 8 and 9 and 10, I'm going to read here. It says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you to, you to consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Uh, we, we identify, that's, it's, a, it's everywhere throughout this book is identifying with God. It says, we identify with God. He dies to live again. We are the same way. We die to ourselves and to live again in Christ. Uh, verse 11 through 14, I'm going to read 12 through 14 right here. It says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law but under grace. Um, when we first come to God, we are still wrapped in burial clothes of our old life uh, from our sins uh, the hate that we had in our lives, uh, but come to know God, uh, the old life then, the Spirit of God starts cutting away those fabrics from us, giving us a new life in Him, uh, making our wrongs right. Uh, he says, take, take, off the old, take off the old garments, the old grave clothes, and follow after Him daily. He says, through Christ we are saved from sin. Sin will rear its head daily. I mean, you'll, you'll see sin every day. Even in God, you see sin. I mean, it comes up. It's easy to do. It's an easy way out a lot of times. It says we have to consider sin dead in our lives daily. We don't have to give in to sin. 
God gives us the strength and the power and the wisdom to avoid sin. Uh, we have to have faith in God every day. I mean, that's, I, I keep saying that. I put it in all these notes because if, if you're not giving it to God daily, you're usually going down the wrong path. You're usually going down the wrong rabbit hole. Uh, in verses 12 and 13, it says, do not, do not, do not. Uh, it's, it's in your hands. God gives it to you. You, you have to give him the authority over your life. You have to look to the Lord in all things, or your flesh will take over all things of your life. Uh, we can't change ourselves, but through God, we can change everything. Uh, might, there, there might be someone that says, well, God hasn't changed me yet. Well, you have to ask yourself, is that God's fault or is that your fault? I mean, it's, uh, and honestly, it's not God's fault. If you're not changed, it's because you're not willing to let, let go of the reins and let God have your life. Because we have to daily say, yes, Lord. Uh, you, you know that little song, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord? That's not a song. You have to constantly tell, tell the Lord yes. Even in the bad times when we think that everything's going terrible, which it will. I mean, everything goes astray sometimes. But we have to say no to sin and yes to God on a daily basis. Let him work in us and change us daily. And the only way we can do that is by reading scripture, praying, uh, having people in our lives that will hold us accountable. Uh, verse 14. Uh, I need to read verse 14 again. I would ask somebody to read it, but y'all wouldn't better hear him. Uh, verse 14 it says, For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law but under grace. So basically, drawing, there's, uh, it says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. He freely died for our sins and we need to freely follow Him and serve Him through a changed life. Uh, he's here to change our lives, our attitudes, and our behavior on a daily basis. That's an everyday thing to take up your cross and follow after God. And uh, basically a recap, I mean, through this here and, and really through all Scripture, there's always a subject, which was the, the subject was in uh, verse 2 there, dying to sin and dying to ourselves and identifying with God. And then like verse three, two, 3 through 10, Paul makes a very good argument of why. And then 11 through 14, he's pretty much teaching us how to apply that to our lives. Uh, he, he wants us to understand the truth of the Bible. He wants us to accept the truth of the Bible and apply it to our lives daily. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Anthony did a great job this morning. Um, as our praise band gets ready to um, play a little music here, just wanted to make sure that y'all knew that next Sunday in our Sunday school book, as you're probably aware, we're supposed to be doing an Easter lesson. Well, since next week is definitely not Easter, we will be skipping session seven, and we will do session eight next Sunday. Instead of session seven, we will be skipping that because Easter is already well behind us. So our praise band is going to um, play a few songs and get us ready for worship that starts at 1045. Hope y'all stick around. Mm -hmm. 